Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. I'm PSB co-founder Logan Kozmalski here with Colin Stevens today. Colin is a former player, Division One player at Coastal Carolina. He's the founder of F2 Basketball and the Manzer Basketball Academy out of Myrtle Beach. Colin, thanks so much for joining us today. Logan, it's great to be with you guys. Yeah, man. Well, thanks so much. Um, let's let's dive into your past, man. I kind of want to hear um, hear about your time at Coastal Carolina, how you ended up at Coastal Carolina. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're from up around Baltimore, right? I am from around the Baltimore area. I went to Delaney High School up there and you know, I always loved loved hoops when I was a kid, and I was just, it so happens that God gave me no more than five feet, seven inches to deal with. So um, I'm not really sure why I picked the tall man's game, but I just uh-huh. fell in love with it. And so, you know, I wasn't really recruited out of high school. Um, you know, some D2 interests, some D3 interests, but still no nobody really pursuing me hard. And I was... Um, I was a pretty good player, but nothing really stood out. And um, I was the most valuable player in my county, in Baltimore County. But in Baltimore City, um, there were, you know, Carmelo Anthony led the charge there. Yeah, so, you know, he and I, he was on first team All-Metro. I was on second team All-Metro. And our careers took a little different paths. Um, and But I was, you know, I was a pretty good player, but wasn't highly recruited. I tried to walk one at Towson University, which is about 20 minutes away from my house, figuring, you know, I was just the most valuable player in the county. They'll give me a chance, at least as a walk-on. And uh, I had one tryout, and they cut me. Oh, and wow. so so I was, you know, I was playing intramurals, and uh, that was the first time that I kind of experienced being cut, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, through going to some camps and talking to some people i went to a fca camp in uh at messiah college where the head coach was dave manzer and he started recruiting me but i for for some reason i I was a little bit delusional logan i thought i could play division one even though nobody was showing any interest like no division one coaches were showing any interest no division two coaches offered me a scholarship so i was i was a delusional kid in some ways um, well, I mean, and, n- knowing how the story ends, I would say that you probably weren't that well, so, so I, I would say it's – so, right, so I was believing enough in myself to give me a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Manzer, he talked to Pete Strickland for me. Pete Strickland was the head coach down at Coastal Carolina University in South Carolina, and I was, I was up – you know, he said uh, – I talked to Coach Strickland, and he said, you can come down and try out for the team, but if you don't like – if you don't make it, I hope you like the campus because you'll just be a regular student. Uh-huh. So, you know, I went eight hours away from home and was just hoping to get a chance to be on the team. Yeah. Um, and so it was cool because Coach Strickland, he kept he, – he valued walk-ons. You know, some coaches don't value walk-ons at all. Um, and so I was the last person to make the team, 17th man to make the team, and I was just elated to be on a team. You know, it was a Division One school, so I was happy to be there, but uh, wasn't going to see the floor at all. Was hardly getting any reps in practice. And then two guys that like the, I was the third string point guard. Two two point guards in front of me. One went down in preseason with a knee injury, and then six games into the season, the other one tore something in his thumb and had to get surgery. So 
I go from 17th man to starting point guard in about three or four weeks. You never and know when your opportunity is going to arise, do you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And well, so, yeah, okay, Colin, if I can interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to that. Let's go back to the fact that you were – I always liked to – one of our – you know, kind of teaching philosophies here at Pro Skills Basketball is, you know, the the, the topic of overcoming. Um, and I love I love the the fact that you were, a, a, you know, a really successful high school player um, looking to get your chance, and then you go try to walk on at Towson and end up getting cut. Um, talk about that experience a little bit, and, and what would you what would be a message that you would relay to to kids and the parents listening that this is what it felt like when I got cut, and this is how I dealt with it. Yeah, so it was my decision to go to Towson and try to walk on. I could have gone to another school where they wanted me to come and play, but I had the belief in myself that I could play at a higher level. So that was number one. It was my decision. My parents didn't steer me that direction. You know, there wasn't other, you know, my high school coach, he would have told me to just go where they want you, which makes sense. It's what I tell kids now. Uh-huh. But but the truth of the matter is that I believed enough in myself that, I was going to take that risk, knowing what the the outcome could be. And so when I got cut, it was like, well, dang, like this, I I really am not on a team right now. Like Uh since I was, you know, four years old, I've been on a a basketball team, whether it's rec team or a travel team or a high school team, whatever. And, uh, you know, that, that was, there was, I I don't know. I don't, I don't think I was embarrassed. I was disappointed. Yeah. Was was that a shock to your system getting cut at Towson? Yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it was not what I expected. You know, I I had had opportunity everywhere I had gone, and you know whether it was high school or travel ball, like I had an opportunity, and this time they said we don't want you, and like that's a terrible feeling, like the feeling of rejection, and we don't want you. It sucks, mm-hmm. um, but it was also a reality of. Hey, I'm I'm gonna if I want what I what I really want, I'm gonna have to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like it there there were not coaches that were like crawling over me, like hey, come to our school, come to our school. That was not my situation, mm-hmm. and um, so it was it was a realization that I was gonna have to dig my heels in if I wanted to go get what I want. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I took another risk. Like I got cut at Towson. And then my next step, it was like I was I was a week away from going to a Division three school, Villa Julie. I had talked with their coach a bunch. You know, he was telling me, hey, he had my sneakers ready for me and everything. And it felt good for somebody to say that they wanted me to come play for them. Absolutely. And so I was I was so close to going there. Um, and then Dave Manzer just said, hey, I, I do think you should give this a shot. Maybe Coach Strickland will give you a chance. Yeah, wow, that's a great so, story. Tell, tell me, tell me about your your support system um, at that time. Yeah. I mean, you're a young kid; you're probably 18, maybe 19, yep. getting cut yep. from Towson. Um, who who did you have to fall back on and help you sort of, you know, navigate I those had, emotions? Yeah, I my my mom and dad are fantastic and have always been in the mix for me. They've they've always been um, cheerleaders, but also real. You know, like mm-hmm. my dad was very much like hey you might get cut you might not make it like are you going to be okay with that um but he was also there to say hey like if you still think you're good enough we'll take another risk you know my dad played in the nfl he was uh the smallest player to the shortest player he doesn't like small he likes short (laughs) 
Uh, he was the shortest player to ever play in the NFL at five five. Um, and well, so, that, wait, let's do, where did he play and, and when? <laughs> yeah, Howard Stevens. He uh, he played two years at Randolph Macon, and uh, then he he transferred to Louisville and played two years with Tom Jackson. Played under Lee Corso and uh, had a had a really good career at Louisville, and then he got picked up with the Saints, played two years there, and then three years with the Baltimore Colts. Oh, well, very so, okay. so in my blood, I've got some scrapper in me, uh-huh. um, you know, because my dad was so small, but he just fought his way into what he believed he could do. And that was kind of the message he gave to me was, hey, you're going to take a risk, and you don't know what could happen, but at least you're risking something. Mm-hmm. You know, at least you're going after what you want. The most important think, thing is trying. Yes, right? Because, like, looking back, if I if I had not put myself out there, I would have not had the chance that, you know, I, I wound up earning a scholarship at Coastal. And that's mm-hmm. what I wanted the whole time. But if I yeah. had not taken the risk, if I had not tried, I wouldn't have been able to make it happen. Yeah. So yeah, let's 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 move on to that then, Colin. I think that's a great part of the story. You know, getting cut for, getting cut at Towson, um, the the crazy connection between Coach Manzer at Messiah College and helping you out with with Coach Strickland at Coastal Carolina. You go as a walk on, correct? And then yes. and then you guys get injured. Things happen. Um, unfortunate for those guys in front of you, yeah. but lucky lucky for you, you get your opportunity and you start earning significant playing minutes and significant uh, and a scholarship. Um, yep. Tell us about like that time period when that all that happened. Like, what was it when you? Hey, the person in front of you is injured. Colin, you're starting next game, or you get called off the bench. What was that like for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just it was kind of it happened in practice, and it was kind of like, well, where's where's our starting point guard? You know, we all get to practice, and we're about to get going, and he's got a he's got a cast on his thumb, and it's like wait, what's going on? We already lost our starter, and now the second string guy became a starter, and we're losing him. Like, what's going on? And um, it was just kind of like, well, I guess I guess I'm ready. Uh-huh. You know, like, I, there, was, no there choice, was also, yeah. no, there was, there was no choice. And this is what I had been praying for and what I had been working for and been just excited for an opportunity to play and to be in the mix. You know, I was so thankful to be a part of the team when I was the 17th man. And I believe that that gratitude and appreciation of just being on the team also prepared me to be ready when my opportunity came. I love that. Um, Because I know at times we don't get what we want and we have a junky attitude about it. And then when our number's called, we're not ready because we're still stuck in the mud in our mind. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thankful that I, I did have that sort of attitude that allowed me to be ready for my opportunity. There was a there was a big learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry, you know, is, that, a, is that going back? I mean, that's obviously that's something. What that was was that um, just part of your DNA? Was that part of what your your parents had learned? Because that that takes a special a special mentality, a special you know upbringing, um, special guidance to have that like. Hey, this is but, this this is the way it is, and I'm but I'm just going to be appreciative for what I have. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of that, a lot of that is from my mom and dad. They're great folks and we have a great family. And a lot of it comes from my faith and just being appreciative of what the gifts that God has given me. You know, I said he he only gave me five feet, seven inches, but he could have given me five feet, two inches. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take whatever I got. But I think it's also 
a mentality that I wanted to adopt because it helped it it helped me in that realm. But I'm sure I had it when I was younger of just looking uh-huh. for the positives in whatever situation. So yeah. certainly uh, environmental, but also from you know from my parents and and who else I was around. Yeah. That's a great, great lesson for kids. And I'm sure, um, you know, the kids that you're working with at Myrtle Beach, that probably messages you relate to them, which, which does bring us to the point. So let's talk about you go off and, and you have a lot of success at Coastal Carolina. Those playing days come to an end. Did you jump right into founding F2 and Manzer? Or, or no, your road no. That led you to those two? So uh, I, I, uh, I got into the banking world. I was I was ready. I was in a relationship, just got engaged uh, when I was a senior, March my senior year. She had another year of school, so I didn't know. You know, basketball was pretty much it for me. I didn't really have many plans after. Um, so I got into the banking world, uh, where I'd had some connections. A couple of my coaches knew some people in banking, so kind of steered me in that direction. And so I uh, spent five years in banking. And it feels like another life, like when I talk about it now, but uh, I got, when I was, when I was there, I was there and I was learning and it was kind of cool. And, you know, everybody tells me about, you know, what the next steps are. You start as a teller and then customer service. And then I got pulled over to the commercial side for loans. And, um, but there was always like, like there was always this burning in me to keep playing. And then one day, you know, a dad asked me to start training his kid and I was like, well, sure. He's going to pay me to do it. And I was all about it. So this was not something where I had planned you know, ahead of time of what I wanted to do. I, I swore I was never going to be a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just, I just, that wasn't in my, my cards. You um, and me both, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, and then you, well, I guess when I get older, I realize what coaching really is and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I started training, you know, one player who's a high school player and then, one player turned into three, turned into 10, turned into 40. And I was like, well, this is kind of uh, a good deal here. Like, uh-huh. um, and then I, so this is, this is the entrepreneurial spirit in me. The ABA comes to town and I know you're familiar with the ABA. Uh, Absolutely. They, they bring an organization to town, the, the South Carolina Warriors and looking for a coach, looking for a coach, looking for a coach. And then they talk about this dude, Chris Beard. Chris Beard is going to be the coach of this ABA team. No kidding. And, that's, a, that's a blast yeah. from the past right there. <laughs> yeah. Explain, explain yeah, so, to people who Chris Beard is. and So Chris Beard is the head coach of Texas Tech currently, who took his team to the national championship last year. <sighs> um, so probably about a decade ago, he was a, a coach for uh, Texas Tech, an assistant and he and Billy Gillespie were at odds, and he was re- he was let go, and so he was just kind of he was let go late, so he didn't have an opportunity to pick up another gig, college gig, and so he picked up one with us, and we had a heck of a squad. But he was such a good coach then, man. Like, so I'm not surprised at all the success he's having now. What what made, what made him a good coach? He would just like so. This is it's the ABA, which. Okay, so I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm just going to be very honest. If it, it felt like the glorified YMCA, mm-hmm. uh, there it's, were it's, some it's, teams, a, it's a lower level, minor league professional basketball. Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. But it, so there was there was probably six really good organizations and teams, right? And 
outside of that, it was there was some to be desired. I think it's gotten better since then. But Chris showed up every day and was he was an absolute professional. Mm-hmm. He was a fantastic defensive coach. Mentally, he continued to challenge us. I mean, we had a good, like, we had a really good ABA team. A lot of these guys were making money overseas prior to being on this team. And so we were, so we had a squad and we were beating teams by 40 and 50 and 60 points. And he would come in the next day just like, you know, we had one by two. Mm-hmm. And so he just kept showing up every day, like, talking about toughness and telling us about his time with Bobby Knight and what he learned from him. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that he's had the success that he's had. It's really, oh, really wow. neat to see. That's, that's very cool. So, so, so you end up playing on the ABA squad, <laughs> and then you – is this the same time that you're working in a bank? Yep. So okay. I left the bank to play for the ABA squad. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Right, right. Not not brilliant, Logan. <laughs> if I, 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 I didn't say I, it. I, I, uh, yeah, but I could feel it. <laughs> I could feel it. And, and uh, look, my wife, I give her all the credit because she really took the risk. You know, we had, yeah. we had just had a kid, oh, and wow. we had yeah. bought a house. I mean, this. So when move. I look back at it, I'm, oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, like, what was I doing? But. I left the ABA, or I left the uh, the bank, went to the ABA, and uh, so I was playing for the team and training on the side. Yep. Uh, I wound up getting hurt, and so if you don't play in the ABA, you don't get paid. When I got hurt, I was on the court hobbling around doing training because that was sink or swim time for my family. Yeah, wow. Okay. And so that was the time for us to, you know, for really for me for me to put my nose to the grindstone and mm-hmm. figure out how to make this a business. It had yeah. kind of been a hobby that was paying me for a while. And then it was, okay, how do we make this a business? Yeah. So that was with Manzer Basketball Academy. I named it after Dave Manzer because he uh, he passed away at the age of 50 from, from heart problems. And he was, I, I really felt like God positioned him in my life to help me get to yeah the next place and and, um, and you've mentioned coach Manzer, but i think the interesting thing is is that you you never even played for for coach Manzer. he was just yeah. the connection that got you to coastal carolina i just found it, i found it so um uh you know just meaningful and and you know just special that you would go on to name your company after somebody that you never even really played for yeah and that was because man he was just like he, he 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 gave me a shot like he, he went out of his way to help me and he was a he loved hoops he loved God he loved his family all through so we developed a relationship where we didn't talk much about basketball so as he was recruiting me we developed a great relationship and he helped me along and that was my heart behind what did I want what I wanted to do with Manzer basketball when I started it was I wanted to be I wanted to help players like I I wanted to help them get to wherever it was they wanted to get to. Yeah. And and it's really it's neat to be able to you know what he did for me is also being passed on to these other players. So his legacy continues on, you know. Yeah. Well, the word I was searching for is what a selfless move. I mean, so many people 
you know, this would have been the Colin Stevens Basketball Academy with about 99.9% of the population out there. But <laughs> you go on to name it after somebody else and you're focused on helping the kids and, and, and passing along his spirit, which is just really selfless and, and really cool, in my opinion. So hats off to you, man. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. And, and, I, and I, you know, I understand with this F with uh, Manzer, um, you know, how, how, what's the difference in Manzer and this F2 basketball? Yeah, so, so F2... Uh, if it, I, I liken it to uh, Toyota and Lexus, right? Oh, okay. So Toyota, Toyota is for everybody. You know, it's for almost almost everybody that wants it can get it. Um, Lexus, that's Manzer, is, right? That is okay. Manzer, right. and that is that is our youth academy. And there's no there's no prerequisites to get there. I mean, just just it's open to anybody who wants to learn and get better. F2 mm-hmm. came out of I spent a summer with Drew Hanlon from Pure Sweat. Yep. He ran his he ran his uh, his pre-draft and pro training here in Myrtle Beach for 3 months. And so I worked with him for those 3 months and just learned a lot and uh, the following year we did our own pre-draft here in Myrtle Beach and so I just wanted to put my spin on it and F2 stands for faith and fight. You know uh, really belief in yourself and that you, if you're going to achieve anything great, you got to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so F2 is our pro training. Um, but it's also for anybody in college or high school who is super committed, yep. uh, to the game. And, you know, like yeah. we don't, we, we don't take everybody. So yeah, that's a good comparison. Toyota Lexus. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. who the, I understand you've worked with some big names through F2. Um, can you let us know about who are some of the players that you've worked with? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, the training world is a crazy world, so I won't call these guys my clients mm-hmm. um, because they, they don't come down here and stay with me all the time or they're not hitting me up for, for workouts all the time. But they have, they've come and worked out with us. Um, Luke Kennard uh, in his when he was – getting done with college and uh juan evans this past summer garrison matthews came garrison matthews and frankie ferrari were the last two of our pre-draft in 2019 and garrison is on a two-way with the wizards right now um and so he i mean those two phenomenal dudes phenomenal basketball players um you know and then there's always a you know jordan hamilton uh I can I can name some guys, but um, it's, no, you don't, it's, yeah, you it, don't, yeah. We don't have to dive dive too deep in that because I I understand yeah. the training world. Like you don't want to yeah. come across as they're your guys and you've made them what they are. I think that's what's that's what's <laughs> kind of sort of sort of a foggy about the training world. But that's just I mean right, it's really cool right. to, to see you know the 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 Manser and the F two basketball and how those two things align and, and where they come from. But talk to me a little bit about what what's the future of those two organizations? Yeah, so. Uh, with F2, we also, our goal is to help players get to, you know, their, their best level. But then with coaches, we also, we run a coaches clinic, uh, every year in the spring. And the goal is for us to be able to help coaches grasp onto leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of times we just see coaching as, oh, that's just, that's just part of it. We just, we enjoy coaching. So we coach, but it's really it's it's leading you know it's leading young men and young women and if we can help facilitate uh an understanding of of 
taking it on as leadership and growing coaches into better leaders, then we'll also get better players. We'll get better young people growing into better leaders as well. Yeah. Colin, man, I, you'd fit in well around our offices at, at Pro Skills. This is stuff we, we talk about on a daily basis, stuff that we really take seriously with yeah. the kids that we work with. But it's just, you know, it's refreshing to know that other people out there um, kind of focus on the same things and trying to spread um, – spread life lessons through through the game of basketball which is really cool so yeah man i can't tell you wish you the best of luck with with those two things and um i find your story just so you know really compelling from where you started getting cut going to walk on ended up playing now now your life is basketball man i think that's an inspiring story that kids and parents can both can both learn a lot from um i appreciate your willingness to hop on this podcast i think last thing before i before I got to cut this conversation off, is where where can people find you on social media? Where can they where can they go to learn more about F two and, and Manzer Basketball Academy? Yeah, so uh, Colin Stevens twelve on Twitter and Instagram. F uh, two Basketball is also F uh, two underscore Basketball, I believe, on Instagram and Twitter. And then Manzer Hoops is also on Instagram and Twitter. And um, I do have a book out. Uh, it's called Coachable. And uh, that's available on Amazon. And um, I've, yeah, I've, I've got some writing and speaking about me too. So I just, I just try to do a little bit of everything, man. Awesome, man. Well, that's, well, congrats on all that success, dude. A, a real pleasure talking with you. Again, this is another Youth Hoops Pod episode with presented by Pro Skills Basketball. Uh, talking with Colin Stevens. Collins, thanks again so much, man. Thanks, Logan. It was great to be with you. You too.